Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Story time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Middle of the night in the Sierra Nevadas, California. Inside a debris hut with my dad. Zone X-12 to be exact. We hiked in about 6 miles for the beginning of the archery hunt, deer. Get woken to a blood-curdling scream around 2 am right outside our hut. We could only make out a partial shadow through the leaves and twigs. Only way I can describe it is a very furry horse but standing on two legs. The death sounds went on for 2 to 3 minutes while we're freaking out trying to knock an arrow. Spent the rest of the night wide awake. That morning we couldn't find a trace. No footprints or tracks in the dirt, nothing. 
The first thing that came to mind was that it must have been a mountain lion. We've heard mountain lion scream before, but this was nothing like a mountain lion. It was deeper, more visceral. We haven't been back since. What could this be? In 2010, my adventurous spirit led me to the Himalayas in India. Along with a group of fellow trekkers, we set out to explore the beauty of this untamed mountain. As we trekked up to 12,000 feet, the landscape unfolded before us like a mesmerizing tapestry of snow-capped peaks and rugged valleys. Our excitement was palpable as we immersed ourselves in the stunning scenery. On one particular day, as the sun dipped below the horizon, we encountered a peculiar sight. A man, seemingly intoxicated, stumbled upon our path, accompanied by an astonishing number of goats. It was a bizarre sight to witness this man herding such a large flock of goats at such high altitude. We exchanged curious glances, but decided to continue on our way, leaving the drunken herder and his goats behind. Choosing a spot to camp for the night, we settled on an overhang of a cliff, about 500 yards away from the mysterious man and his herd. The thought of a snow leopard in the vicinity lingered in our minds, but we brushed it off as a distant possibility. The night draped around us like a thick cloak, and we huddled in our paper-thin tents. The altitude brought a chill to the air, and we wrapped ourselves in our sleeping bags for warmth. Just as we began to drift into sleep, a bone-chilling scream shattered the serene mountain silence. It was a sound that sent shivers down our spines, unlike anything we had ever heard before. Fear gripped us as we realized the scream was coming from a man, and it was alarmingly close to our campsite. In the darkness, we held our breath, paralyzed with terror. The night seemed to stretch on endlessly as we listened helplessly to the agonizing cries of the man, who was being dragged away by an unseen force. I peeked through a small hole in tent and I saw a creature that seemed to look like, a snow yeti or snow bigfoot. White snowy fur, 12 feet tall and with red glowing eyes. The encounter was surreal and terrifying, and there was an overwhelming sense of helplessness as we heard a life being taken miles away from any town or civilization. The very notion that we were amidst the habitat of such a mysterious and dangerous creature left us feeling vulnerable and exposed. With each passing second, the harrowing sounds faded into the distance, leaving us to confront the reality of what we had just experienced. When morning finally arrived, the sun brought a sense of relief. There was no trace of the man, nor any sign of the massive flock of goats he had been herding. As we packed up our camp and continued our trek, we were haunted by the chilling events of the previous night. My family goes on trips to Telluride, Colorado once in a while up in the San Juan Mountains in the Rockies. On one trip a year or two ago I decided to take the gondola to the top of Mount Sophia and walk along some of the trails to get a good look at the stars at around 10 pm at night by myself. I walked for about 20 minutes and 200 to 300 feet in altitude, it's very steep along the trails on top of the mountain away from the gondola station so there wouldn't be any light. The trail I was on ascends from about 10,000 feet to about 13,000 feet at its peak along the spine of the mountains surrounding Telluride. 
every 100 to 200 feet you go up there is a semi-flat clearing fringed by the sheer drop-off on either side of the mountain spine. I was standing in the second clearing up from the gondola station. It was very quiet, very dark, and there wasn't even the slightest breeze. So quiet in fact that all I could hear was my own breathing. Since I was so high in altitude it wasn't completely unexpected for there to be no animal noises since most animals don't live that high, but the lack of any sensory input at all besides the sound of my own breath really started to freak me out. I was up on the mountain for about a half hour when weird shit started to happen. The first thing that happened was an incredibly low, but loud humming sound that emanated from the east side of the mountain. I would estimate that the noise was coming from about 100 feet below the clearing where I was sitting. I thought at first it may be a mountain lion or some other type of animal but the noise was consistent and lasted for about 5 minutes in total. After the noise cut off I was understandably freaked out, and got up to start heading back to the gondola station to go back to my hotel. As I started walking though there was suddenly a loud slapping sound coming from the west side of the mountain. The slapping sound sounded like someone taking a long stick and slamming it against a tree trunk as hard as they could in very fast succession. After that I started to run down the mountain, which was dangerous considering how steep it was but I was understandably noping the f out of there as fast as I could. The final thing that happened while I was still near the clearing was the humming sound again but this time it was pulsating almost in sync with the sound of the knocking wood. By the time I reached the first clearing before the one I was on, about 100 feet below where I first heard the noises it became deathly silent again followed by a huge gust of wind that shook all the trees violently, then followed by complete and utter silence. I reached the gondola station and got a scolding from the attendant for going out in the dark by myself, but I was so scared I just silently got in a gondola car and didn't respond to his comments. The whole trip down I kept my eyes shut and my fingers in my ears so I wouldn't see or hear any more creepy things. I'm sure there are plenty of explanations both natural and human for what I experienced but being that isolated at that late at night that high up in the mountains is certainly an experience I do not want to repeat. I will say this, if it was local kids or something trying to scare me they sure committed to a mostly unfruitful and dangerous effort. Not a lot of people, if any went up on the trail where I was that late at night, and the places the sounds were emanating from were on very steep inclines, so steep that one slip would have you tumbling down the whole mountain. So I'm fairly convinced it wasn't locals pranking me. For years I worked top security clearance at a military base deep in the foothills in Montana. I need you to hold on for me and swallow the pill because things I worked on out of this base were straight out of a science fiction flick. I'm talking particularly about time travel, part of the project I had a hand in playing. I won't say which because our team was larger, and I don't want to be singled out by what I did, therefore getting traced back to me. But we helped the military and government establish a connection to what we now know as alternate realities or universes. Something that is newer to pop culture, but back in the 70s and 80s, it was a groundbreaking top-secret discovery. These are realities that coexist within our own timeline, but things have been slightly altered. It was my understanding while working on the project, 
We were not able to go back in time and affect our own timeline, but the timeline of other realities was something we could do. One interesting thing is the few people they did send back, many of them had to be treated medically before being sent back. The reason being the bacteria in the air and around you and around people change from time to time. For example, if you were to go back right now to 1623, you would probably die pretty quickly due to an overload of foreign bacteria your body is not used to. Sure, you do have an immune system, but there's no way you would be able to build up an immunity fast enough to survive. Even going back to simply 1921 can kill a man. Let's just say that there were procedures done on our subjects to ensure this went fine. Many of our subjects died during the course of having their atoms disintegrated while going too, but some were successful. It wasn't so much as time portals as it was a gateway to another space and time. Think of it like harnessing the power of a black hole. In essence, we were simply bending space and time to visit other planes. There were no major missions to go back and change the course of history, rather just experiment to control the technology. And to have that, the Chinese government has been working on this technology for years, and we were told when we were successful, they are actually ahead of us by about three. They have already apparently changed multiple timelines, which, by the way, there are several billion, and that's a fairly low estimate. When subjects are sent back to a specific time frame, they are medically prepped for that era as well as stripped of all clothing and are aesthetically equipped for their time. This way, they can blend in seamlessly without drawing attention to themselves. The purpose of all this is, from what I've been told, is to gather large amounts of intel. The Chinese government is using this technology for more nefarious and selfish reasons. We had a test campaign once our equipment proved to be successful with going back over 70 years in the alpha phase. We, well, I guess you can say changed a timeline permanently. One mission, for example, was going back in October of 1942, months before the events of Pearl Harbor, and completely washed away the island of Japan using advanced sonar weaponry, causing massive earthquakes and tsunamis all around the island. This was just to prove the type of power and potential that we had. It was an experiment run. Safe to say, within six days of our first subject going back to that time period, Japan ceased to exist and, therefore, Pearl Harbor had never happened and changed the entire course of modern history after that for that timeline. Our man was pulled back in, whatever events have taken place in that timeline since, we will never know. I need to be very careful now with how much information I release, so for this time, I'm going to stop here and let you digest that. I'll try and follow up shortly, but I have to be careful. Take care. I had been on solo hunting trips before, but this one felt different from the start. The Texan forest was vast, and I knew there were plenty of deer to be found deep within the woods. The day was pleasant, and the sunlight filtered through the leaves, creating a patchwork of shadows on the forest floor. As I ventured further into the wilderness, the trees grew denser, and the sunlight gradually faded away. I followed a narrow, winding path, trusting my instincts to lead me to a good hunting spot. But then, something caught my attention. 
A strange rustling sound broke the otherwise serene ambience. I froze, my senses on high alert. With every cautious step I took, the rustling grew louder and more distinct. My heart pounded in my chest as I pushed through the thick undergrowth, curiosity overcoming my initial fear. That's when I saw it, a large, dark figure walking upright through the trees, directly in my direction. My instincts kicked in, and I quickly turned and sought refuge behind a nearby tree. My breaths were shallow and rapid as I peered from behind the trunk to catch a glimpse of the mysterious creature. To my horror, it was merely ten feet away from me, and the details of its appearance sent shivers down my spine. The creature was black, darker than the shadows around it. It stood slightly shorter than me but had a muscular build, and there was no visible neck connecting its massive head to its body. It moved with a strange grace, as if it was accustomed to stalking through these woods undetected. As it stopped at the tree I was hiding behind, it lifted its head, and I noticed it had no visible eyes. Instead, its nose pointed upward, sniffing the air intently. My heart pounded louder, and I could hear my blood rushing in my ears. Fear held me in its grasp, rendering me motionless. I dared not make a sound, terrified that even the slightest noise might attract its attention. My fingers clutched the rifle in my trembling hands, but I couldn't bring myself to take aim. In an agonizing moment, the creature turned around and walked away, seemingly uninterested in my presence. It moved with a casual, almost nonchalant gait, disappearing deeper into the forest as if it had never been there. My body felt numb with terror as I finally released the breath I didn't realize I had been holding. Unable to comprehend what I had just witnessed, I hesitated to leave my hiding spot. Eventually, I mustered the courage to step out cautiously, my mind racing with questions and uncertainty. As I resumed my hunt for deer, I couldn't shake off the image of that enigmatic creature. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, I spotted a deer grazing not too far away. My fear had subsided enough for my hunting instincts to kick back in. I aimed carefully, held my breath, and pulled the trigger. The loud crack of the gunshot filled the air, and the bullet missed the target. Deer escaped. Fading away into the forest once again. Confused and shaken, I decided it was best to retreat. I made my way back home, the encounter with the mysterious creature replaying in my mind over and over. When I returned, my wife eagerly asked if I had hunted anything. I couldn't find the words to describe what I had seen, so I remained silent, knowing that some secrets were best kept hidden deep within the heart of the secluded Texas forest. In the dark depths of the Pine Barrens, I was working alone in the park one night when my radio came to life. This is right after a fellow ranger told me about seeing a strange orange light above the trees right around 2 am. The previous week. His story kind of freaked me out, so naturally, I was a bit nervous myself patrolling the night woods. Curiosity got the best of me, and I decided to keep my radio on with low volume so I could hear chatter coming over the airwaves. Now I had my dog at my side, an older German Shepherd named Sasha, trained in search and rescue. She was a very loyal companion, even though she couldn't do much more except keep me company. 
We patrolled for about an hour when my radio came to life again with reports of something attacking hikers just outside on Route 563. I had parked the vehicle along the road, hiked into that section of trail armed with nothing but a pistol, two canisters of pepper spray, bear spray, my flashlight, and Sasha by my side, who was now on high alert, and whatever courage I could personally muster up. We walked for nearly five minutes in the perimeter of the woods, Sasha kept sniffing at the air, whining. Something was definitely on her mind. Suddenly, she let out a yelp and took off into the brush, and without warning, I had to use all my strength to hold onto her leash as she dragged me through briars and thorns until she stopped dead in her tracks. Almost 100 feet away from where we were, I could not see her, but I could hear her growling and whimpering. I managed to get a glimpse of something, it was big and moving really fast. At this point, both of us were terrified, Sasha's fur standing straight up on edge and my heart pounding so hard against my chest, I thought it would burst at any moment. My radio squawked again, we just received another call about an attack near the South Lake in the Pine Barrens. The volume was down low enough that I could only hear it just clearly. I told myself that whatever it was must have been close, and knowing my luck, which exactly wasn't running high at the moment, I would run into this thing. And then I heard the howling right off to my right, Sasha had already begun going crazy, yelping and growling like mad. Well, I did the only thing I felt could save us. I whistled for her, and we both took off in a full sprint away from this thing, Sasha leading the way and being so much faster than I. At this point, every time we stopped moving, it would begin chasing us, and I lost sight of Sasha in the darkness but kept on running through the briars and bramble, trying to come up to her. I had fallen into some briar where my ankles swelled up really bad. I was bleeding. What's worse, I could hear something very big trailing behind me. I reached for my radio to let dispatch know what happened, it was gone. Sasha's leash and collar were there, but no radio. I looked around frantically in the dark of the night until a howl and growl both came down below right where I just was. That growl is 100% confirmation that I did indeed see something back there that I could not wrap my mind around. It sounded like a very large wolf, but I wasn't exactly sure. Any doubts about this creature's existence had completely evaporated in my mind as what I can only imagine as a monster became a nightmarish reality. Luckily for me, I found Sasha and retreated back to my vehicle. It seemed that the attacks had died down, and whatever creature this was, which I'm pretty sure was not a normal wolf or bear, disappeared entirely. Luckily, I never saw it, but this experience is still fresh in my mind even though it's been years. I have never felt so uneasy at my job before, I'm never going back to that section of woods again. My husband was on his way to work around 4 a.m., on a rural road, while rounding an S-bend when his headlights hit a large, dark brown figure that was sitting about 30 feet off the road. Watching the road. He described the figure as about 4 feet tall sitting with legs bent out in front of it. Wolf-like face, large pointed ears, does not remember I shine, leaning back on human-like arms. My husband immediately felt endangered and floored his vehicle's accelerator. This man has no fear of humans. 
I've known him for 30 years and have never seen him afraid of a natural being. He's hunted and fished since childhood. It took him a couple of years before he told me about this sighting. He said his first thought was that thing can catch this car, rip me out and eat me if it wants to. He was paranoid and had his head on a swivel all that day. Still, to this day, he cannot drive past that location without feeling some kind of way. The second sighting occurred in 2010 and happened to a co-worker. I noticed she was acting strangely whenever we talked about spooky things, so I asked her what was up. She said, okay. Don't think I'm crazy. Then she went on to tell me how one night, she was driving home from a late second shift, between midnight 1 a.m., about 5 or so miles from where the first sighting occurred. She had to slow down to a near stop, to turn onto a road that would take her home. That's when she began to hear what sounded like running alongside her car. That's when she glanced out her driver's window and saw the most horrible face. Her first thought was werewolf. She described it as being black and gray in color, with large teeth. She said she didn't look again, but could hear it running next to her car until she reached 45 to 50 miles per hour. That's no joke on a back road. She was scared out of her wits. After arriving home, she ran to the door, dropped the keys, went inside, closed all the curtains, and did not sleep a wink that night. We're both nurses and I've known her for about seven years. She grew up in New York City and is not a storyteller. Neither of these people likes to talk about their sightings. You can see a change in them when their encounters are brought up. I don't need to see one to believe them. I know they exist. A park ranger, John Irwin, was traveling through a deserted road within the forest and had reached a spot where the Mullica River and next to the road, when up ahead his headlights shone on a large dark figure that was emerging from the woods and was moving into the roadway. As he got closer the figure stood in front of the car blocking the roadway. Irwin had to stop his car in order to avoid hitting the creature. The creature was described as being over six foot tall and covered with black fur that looked wet and matted. It appeared not to have any forelegs but had a pair of huge powerful hind legs. The creature glanced through the windshield of the car revealing two piercing red eyes. It stood a few minutes then. Turned and continued across the road, walking upright like a human in a peculiar robot-like fashion. The summer of 2008 was etched in my memory as a time of both innocence and chilling discovery. I was in my room, idly looking out the window facing the road, as the clock struck noon. It was a typical day in the quiet neighborhood, the sun shining brightly, and the world seemed peaceful. But then something caught my eye. A movement behind a tree on the neighbor's property, just across the street. It was distant, but my curiosity was piqued. I called out to my younger brother, excitedly sharing my discovery, and together, we fetched a cheap pair of binoculars to get a closer look. At the edge of the road, we adjusted the binoculars and scanned the area. What I saw through those lenses sent shivers down my spine and haunted my thoughts to this day. It was a face, but it resembled neither a human nor an animal. Its features were grotesque, nightmarish even, 
and it peeked out from behind the tree with an unsettling aura. My gasp of surprise made my brother eager to see for himself. I handed him the binoculars and pointed to the spot where I had seen the strange entity. I can't see anything, he said, sounding a bit disappointed. Doubt crept into my mind, but I couldn't let go of the image that had burned itself into my memory. Taking back the binoculars, I looked again. To my disbelief, the creature had vanished from my sight. But as I lowered the binoculars, a chill ran down my spine. It had moved closer, crossing the road with an eerie, almost supernatural swiftness. This wasn't some distant figment of my imagination, it was real and close. Too close for comfort. My heart pounded in my chest as I saw it in broad daylight, mere feet away from us. The skinman, I could think of no other name to describe the haunting entity that now stood around 30 feet away. Fear gripped me, and instinct kicked in. We ran, my brother and I, trying to put as much distance as we could between ourselves and the inexplicable creature. But it didn't let us go that easily. It pursued us, an unsettling shadow just behind, but somehow it stopped right before crossing onto our property. We were safe within the boundaries of our home, but the fear remained, lingering like a ghostly presence. We named it the Skinman, a name that sounded chillingly fitting for something that seemed neither human nor animal. It became a whispered legend among my friends and neighbors, an unspoken caution to avoid venturing too far from the safety of our homes. As the days turned into weeks and then years, the memory of that encounter remained vivid, replaying in my mind like a haunting reel. The skinman became a part of our shared lore, the enigmatic creature that reminded us that the world was vast and held secrets beyond our understanding. To this day, I wonder about the skinman's true nature, its purpose, and why it chose to reveal itself to us that summer afternoon in 2008. It taught me that the world is far stranger than we can ever comprehend, and sometimes, the line between reality and the supernatural blurs in the most unexpected ways. I was in a program that I entered in the year of 1987 called the Job Corporation and was near Roseburg, Oregon. One afternoon, about 3 p.m., after working on painting a side of the buildings and my arms feeling quite sore from the same movement of painting, I decided to take a walk alone to the creek that was a few meters away from the camp location. I guess I just needed to take some time away from everyone there. I had many thoughts of the day and mostly the future days I would be spending there. During the first part of the walk nothing was very eventful. I never noticed anything unusual. But when I reached the creek and started find a good place to sit down, I noticed a very foul stench coming of the bend and to the other side of the creek. I thought a skunk had came by so I decided to move a little further down the bank. Well. I didn't notice at first because I was trying not to fall into the water, but on the other side of the creek there was a huge animal splashing water around. It didn't see me at first but I think that it didn't seem to care. I know that there was no fish in the creek because I was told that there wasn't by a person at the camp. I really wasn't sure what it was doing. I thought it was a huge bear but I told as well that there was no bears in this area. I stood there in between two tree trunks that it did notice me and started to walk into the water. I decided this was a good time to leave and ran out and back on the trail. 
I was not sure if this creature was behind me or not. I was afraid to look back. I told a few people at the camp what I saw. As usual no one believed me. So I decided to bring a camera with me everywhere I went hoping that I would capture it on film. Unfortunately, I never seen it after that dot I would like to mention that it was dark brown, maybe due to that it was wet. It smelled musky or more than just that. I can't really say in exactly the right words. It was over 7 feet tall. When it entered the water and splashed it so much that if elephant or something like it was waiting in the water. This happened when I was 17 years old. I am 33 now and when this event took place I left Oregon altogether. One day me and my ex were in my car in one of those cliché lookout spots you take your girl when you want to make out. The area was secluded a couple miles outside of the city. So we're hanging out talking when I noticed a, a large man's shadow pass by in the rear view mirror and disappear into the shrubbery on the right. I'm like oh shit, and I tell her what's going on and we're both kind of just sitting there, feeling like we're being watched from the shadows. After being there for about 5 minutes I turned the car on and tried driving away from where he had disappeared into but then I found out there wasn't a way out in that direction so I had to turn back. As I did that, the car's headlights illuminated the shrubbery and sure enough he was there. Heavy set bald guy in a coat just standing there looking straight into my headlights. We passed by the guy, his eyes just trained on us, and get the hell out of there. Creepiest thing ever. So glad I caught his reflection. The crisp autumn air enveloped us as we set out for an elk hunting expedition near Mount Hood during the October to November season. Our group had gathered at the Bear Springs Ranger Station, ready for the thrill of the hunt. Little did we know that this expedition would forever alter our perception of the wilderness. We ventured towards the McQuinn Strip, an addition to the Warm Springs Reservation, eager to find elusive elk amidst the breathtaking landscape. As we made our way through the ridges, we stumbled upon a sight that left us in awe and fear. About 800 yards away in a peaceful meadow, two towering figures caught our attention, two big feet, as astonishing as they were mythical. To our disbelief, these enigmatic creatures had taken down an elk and were voraciously feasting on their hard-earned prey. It was an extraordinary and surreal sight, one that sent shivers down our spines. As we observed from a safe distance through our rifle scopes, more big feet emerged from the brush, three of them towering at around seven feet tall, and one smaller, standing at about five feet. Our hearts pounded as we realized the danger we were inadvertently in. These creatures had effortlessly brought down a massive elk, and we couldn't help but wonder if we might end up as their next meal. With great caution, we made the unanimous decision to retreat, not daring to provoke the unknown. On our way back, Uncle Sam, a seasoned hunter, shared intriguing encounters that his friend and he had experienced with Big Feet in the past. One story involved Big Feet herding deer, showcasing their intelligence and cunning as they secured their food source. In another chilling tale, Uncle Sam recounted a close call when he and his companion had to relinquish a deer they had hunted after a Bigfoot claimed it as its own. The creature's aggressive display left them no choice but to retreat, relinquishing their hard-earned prize. 
Uncle Sam explained that many Native Americans, including himself, hesitated to share such experiences with outsiders, fearing ridicule due to what he called the chuckle barrier. Their respect for nature and the unknown often led them to keep their encounters secret, safe within the circle of their own community. As we reflected on these stories, another intriguing account emerged. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A Bigfoot displaying astounding speed, chasing down a deer and breaking its spine. It was becoming increasingly clear that these creatures possessed abilities beyond our understanding. Our elk hunting expedition had transformed into an extraordinary encounter with the mysterious and mythical beings that roamed the wilderness. From that moment on, the vast mountains held secrets we could not fathom, and the allure of the unknown in the heart of the Warm Springs Reservation left an indelible mark on our souls. It was the year 2010, a couple of years after the initial sighting that had left our small town shrouded in mystery and fear. Life had seemingly returned to normal, but the memory of that fateful day was still etched in our minds. My brother and I lived in a house that bordered a dense and eerie forest. We had a trampoline in the backyard, which, until that day, had been a source of endless joy and laughter. One sunny afternoon, my brother was out on the trampoline, enjoying his favorite pastime of listening to music and bouncing away. Little did he know that this innocent playtime would take a dark and terrifying turn. As he sat in the middle, lost in the rhythm of his music, he suddenly felt something strike his head, a stick, followed by a small rock. Bewildered, he looked around, trying to figure out what had just happened. Before he could make sense of the situation, another stick hit him this time with more force. Startled and alarmed, he turned his gaze towards the source of the projectiles. And that's when he saw it. The skinman. The mere sight of the creature frozen with fear. It was no more than 10 feet away, poised to throw yet another object at him. The skinman was an enigmatic and terrifying figure that had been the topic of whispered conversations and chilling stories circulating in our town. Descriptions of the creature were inconsistent, but all accounts agreed on its haunting appearance, an entity that seemed to be a part of the forest itself, its skin resembling the gnarled bark of ancient trees. My brother's heart pounded in his chest as he locked eyes with the creature. He struggled to refocus his vision and fully comprehend what he was witnessing. 
The skinman held something in its hand, ready to strike again. Fear and panic gripped my brother, and with an instinctive cry, he screamed at the creature to leave him alone. In that moment, something shifted, and the skinman retreated into the thick brush of the forest, disappearing as quickly as it had appeared. My brother was left trembling and shaken, the adrenaline coursing through his veins, leaving him feeling like a mere puppet to his terror. In the days that followed, my brother refused to venture outside, terrified of encountering the skinman once more. He became a prisoner in our own home, haunted by the memory of that chilling encounter. It seemed that the forest held secrets that defied explanation, and the skinman remained a haunting specter that lurked in the shadows of our lives. As the years passed, our town's encounter with the skinman became a cautionary tale, recounted in hushed tones to scare younger generations from wandering too close to the forest's edge. People wondered if it was a figment of our imaginations, a manifestation of our deepest fears, or something altogether otherworldly. Yet, for my brother and me, it was an experience that we could never forget. The day we came face to face with the inexplicable, a creature that defied all rational explanation. And though life eventually moved on, the forest remained an enigma, holding its secrets close, and the memory of the skinman would forever be etched in our hearts as a reminder of the thin veil between reality and the unknown. I live very close to a town in Northern Ireland, except my house is behind a park, therefore you wouldn't really know you're in the town and there's a lot of trees and wildlife. It's very private and secluded. I regularly go through the park as a shortcut at night, when it's closed and there's no one there, which as a female is quite dangerous I know but so far I've been okay. Last summer, I climbed over the gate as normal and starting walking my usual route over the hill, except I suddenly experienced what I can only describe as the like a massive surge in adrenaline which literally made me freeze on the spot. It was like an eerie, evil feeling that creeped over me, and I felt so exposed and vulnerable. It felt like something was going to jump out and attack me. I have never ever had this feeling in my life, only I can only compare it to how an animal feels when it's being hunted as prey, mixed with the feeling of pure evil during sleep paralysis. I quickly scoured my eyes over the hill and stopped dead on some creature that was walking casually over the hill. It locked eyes with me and suddenly stopped and sort of crouched down like a tiger about to pounce. The creature was like a mixture of what I can only describe as a human and a wolf. It was like a massive dog, with its shoulders far higher than its hind and a long sort of body. It had big long forelegs which is sort of a knee bend like humans and shorter hind legs. The head of the creature was like a wolf with a pointed nose and it was like a dark grey color and hairless. The thing that stood out to me was its eyes though, they were massive and round and glowing like a bright orange. It actually looked like its eyes were on fire, like glowing ember orbs. When it saw me, like I said it crouched down and froze and we had a stare off for a few seconds while I fully prepared for my death until I turned round and ran for my life. I jumped over the gate and looked back and saw it running on all fours across the hill like it wanted to hide. With its long forearms it looked like a human running on all fours. The feeling was so, inhuman, even ungodly, and since that day, it's safe to say I haven't ventured into the park at night again.
I was driving in the woods, Wisconsin, during quarantine on my AT5 and one was driving down this one path when I saw something white or pale in the corner of my eye, unnatural color in this area, and I immediately hit the brakes. After looking around for a bit I then felt a feeling of immense dread felt and like I was being watched I then started looking towards where I saw it and I see something in the bushes around 50 yards out. It started to move a bit, but I could sort of make out a humanoid form, it was on four legs at the time. I then took a small glance towards the sky, and it started to get dark, I then looked down at it, and it got closer, the feeling was much stronger. I started the ATV again and drove back to my house, I came back later and looked at where it was, and I could not find it, but I could hear some sounds from the distance. I have since moved and carried a combat knife with me in the woods now. I was just curious about what this could be. Should I go look for it again? I'm not sure if this information is of any interest, or worth anything to you, but I will give it to you. And let you decide. Back in early September of 1987, on a Sunday evening, me, my wife, and a friend drove up on the pass, to try our luck fishing at Torso Lake. It is one of the lakes in the Link Lake Basin close to the base of Mount Washington. Anyway, here's what happened. My friend and I were fishing in different direction around this small lake, fishing the edges with our fly rods for rising brook trout. There was an old guy, and his middle-aged son also fishing the lake that evening in their drift boat. And there was a lone guy and his cat, camping at the lake, while his partner for pre-commercial tree thinning was in sisters buying supplies. All started out just fine, and the fish were biting. As I was moving to a new casting location, I thought I'd heard a distant roar, for lack of a better word. This happened three or four times, but as bad luck would have it, I was moving through low brush each time. And masked the roar from me, and by the time I could stop and listen, the roar had ended. I passed it of as nothing or the wind. My friend had worked his way to the other side of the lake from me, the same side that I'd thought I'd heard the roar. I then noticed he was moved back around the lake, and not stopping to fish. Also, the old guy and his son, were paddling fast towards the boat put in spot. I thought this was weird, because the fish were active that evening, and we still have about 45 minutes of prime time fishing till dark. When my friend reached me, he asked if I'd heard the noise, I asked him what noise, and was it the noise that sounded like a roar? He said yes, just then on the far side of the lake, just back in the timber, this thing let out a tremendous roar, the decimal level was very high. I could sound it out to you, but I don't know how to write it, so that you'd get the exact feeling, so you'd know just how tremendous this roaring was. Kind of a roar, and then turning to a high-pitched scream, and very very loud, almost rumbling the ground. Anyway, we looked at each other, and said let get out of here. We reached the primitive boat ramp, just as the two boat fishermen were loaded their boat up, and getting out of there, all of this time, the thing was just letting loose, and it sounded very pissed, the old guy said he's been hunting and fishing for years and had never heard anything like this, and he wasn't going to hang around and find out what it was, or why it was so mad. And just that fast they were in their pickup, and gone. The guy in the tent was really scared, his buddy wasn't back yet, 
and his cat was in the tent going completely crazy. The cat was scared to death, and was trying to tear the tent apart. He just kept asking me, what the hell is that? I told him I had no idea. My wife was in my car all this time with my two young sons, and she was very scared, and want to leave as fast as we could. You have to remember, all of this time, whatever it was, and just going nuts, on the far side of the lake. About 200 yards away. The roar was so loud, and so weird. Whatever it was, it did not want us around. We loaded up our stuff, and we left. I felt bad for the lone guy, but he didn't ask for a ride out, and my wife and friend were yelling they wanted out of there. Now, I've logging from the time I was 14, till I was 35 and the timber industry went bad. I have hunted coyotes, deer and elk, my whole life. In fact I'm a bow hunter, and have spent many hours bugling elk, so I know the sounds they make. I have seen over 40 bears in the wild, and have heard their sounds a number of times. I will guarantee you, it wasn't one of those animals. In all the years I have spent in the woods, I have never seen anything like this, before, or since. If you'd like more information, I will gladly give it to you. The year was 2019. I was getting home from my shift at the local grocery store around 11.30 p.m. I had to open the store in the morning and get up at 5 a.m. so I decided to stay up. I came inside the house, locked up, and turned on the lights in the kitchen. I decided to make coffee to keep myself awake. As I was filling the pot with water when something in the kitchen window caught my eye, a face, pressed against the glass, wide-eyed and grinning. There it was again, the skinman. It had stood up on a railing on our back porch and leaned onto the window. I screamed, spilling water everywhere. It seemed startled and dropped from its perch hitting the porch with a thud. It ran away, or so I thought. I ran around the house making sure everything was locked, including the windows. As I did so, I saw the large bushes on the side of the house rustle violently. It seemed to follow me from window to window. I ran into my office on the basement floor. It had a window just above ground level. I shut the shade and quivered in my desk chair. It must have seen the light from my office because it paced back and forth in front of it for about two hours, breathing heavy, raspy breaths. I eventually fell asleep. I almost skipped work that morning because I didn't want to leave the house but I decided I wanted to get as far away from whatever it was for as long as possible so I ended up going. I now have a constant fear of looking out windows at night and compulsively check the locks on my doors before bed. I can't imagine this ever being seen. But a month ago I finished a trip where I rode a motorcycle from Sydney to London, most nights I slept on the side of the road. This including sleeping in a goal in Boloistan, where Pakistan meets Afghanistan and Iran, and many nights on the Syrian Snowden border of Iran. Anyway, one night I was camped out on the south coast of Turkey, enjoying the warmth of clear blue sea. I was roasting some fresh fish over a fire and drinking cheap wine. I had not spoke to anyone really for days beyond some limited Turkish to acquire wine and fuel. Anyway, I pissed on the fire to put it out and turned on my headlamp. 
Before I got into my swag, this is the Australian name for a bed roll or tent, there were these two super reflective eyes. Just the Chester cat almost. It was so incredibly spooky. Because the light was not strong and these I were a bit of a distance I could not see anything but these two eyes. Just floating in otherwise complete darkness. I felt cold in a way that I had not since I squat camped in several feet of snow in Iran. I threw a rock at these eyes. Just to get rid of them. The eyes didn't move at all as my rock vanished into the darkness. They just kept looking at me. In this darkness. Alone. F it was like a raven situation. I became obsessed with these two eyes. I threw another rock. The eyes vanished. I relaxed. A few minutes later just before I pulled my bedroll over me the eye reappeared, so much closer this time. So very, very close. It's just a cat I told myself repeatedly. How the F are you so scared of a cat in this part of the world? You have ridden this shitty bike across part of the world that people have never even heard of. It's just a cat. I finally managed to go off to sleep. With this cat watching me. From 18 months of sleeping illegally on the side of the road this was by far the worst night's sleep I have ever had. A friend of mine used to do a lot of hiking alone. Not overly sensible but he really knew what he was doing. He went on this very long hike in rugged terrain and hot subtropical weather. The hike was long, 10 days or so? Obtaining water was always a problem. He had to find soaks and little trickles at which to fill his bottles, which was often navigationally challenging. A day or two into his walk he found that he was getting really serious heat rash to his crotch, caused probably by shorts he was wearing that were made from some newfangled fiber but weren't breathing properly. He only had one pair of shorts with him so he'd taken to walking in his saggy old underwear. He'd been doing this for a few days and had totally got used to just wearing his underwear. He had a machete on a belt because it was very thick vegetation to be working through. At this time my friend had sort of longish tangled hair and quite an unkempt beard. One day he failed to find an expected water point and he was getting seriously worried about dehydration. Towards evening he came across a small house in a clearing in the middle of nowhere. He couldn't see any obvious signs of life and he yelled hello. A couple of times, but decided there was no one around. He could see a rainwater tank and figured no one would mind him taking a few liters. So he filled his bottles and walked off. He had one last look back and saw a scared female face peeking through a window of the house. He left her alone and kept walking. My friend is ultra friendly, wouldn't hurt a soul so I suppose he'd only been thinking about the situation from his point of view. But he realized that from the point of view of the person in the house, this bedraggled wild-haired guy in dirty clothing wearing no pants had emerged from the dark forest carrying a machete. This is my parents' story, I can ask any questions if more context needed. My parents are pretty avid hikers, and they don't go super far but they hike almost every week. Just this weekend they went to Larch Mountain and claimed they heard a mechanical beeping followed by several loud grunts. The beeping started and slowly moved around as they listened. 
At first my mom thought it could have been some device but there were no people nearby and no other cars in the lot. We've also looked at a lot of bird noises to see if any of them matched but so far nothing. After a few more beeps, my mom and dad both heard six to eight loud grunts. The way they described it, they expected something to be right next to them. The noises sounded like grunts but not growls, like making an uck noise at the top of your lungs. My mom went to run but my dad stopped her and reminded her to stay still since you're not supposed to run when you encounter a large animal, just to show how loud and close it sounded. The noises stopped as soon as my dad spoke and my parents immediately left. I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to paranormal stuff but I really don't know what this could be. Any help appreciated. I worked at a park one summer in college, more or less driving a golf cart around and tending to whatever up on the escarpment in the park. One morning we had to go install some shitty mesh fencing along the park perimeter on top of the escarpment. We're in this thickly wooded area that took us about 15 minutes to walk to from the nearest path. Randomly, we see this woman walking towards us from out of nowhere. As she comes closer, we can see she's pregnant. She's wearing yoga pants and a sweater, not exactly summer hiking apparel, so we walk up to her and ask her if she's lost. She says she isn't, that she's just hiking, and she keeps on walking. We kind of just said WTF? To each other and went back to putting the fence up. Then about an hour later, we hear a baby start crying. This is the middle of the woods on top of an escarpment on a hot July morning. There are no babies here. The crying stopped after about 5 minutes. I thought about going to check it out, but it was just too creepy. We finish and get back to the portable or office and tell our boss what happens. She tells us that just a half hour or go a couple called security and reported running into a guy with blood all over his shirt coming down from the escarpment. That's really all that happened. A cop came and talked to the couple and we told him what we saw just in case. Never heard anything of it again. Was a strange day, still get chills thinking about it. Hi. I believe my house is haunted. A few years back, I was getting a drink in the kitchen. From the corner, where the basement was, I heard breathing. No one and nothing was there. I got my water and went upstairs. A few days later, Again down for water, I see the TV on and joke that it should be turning the TV off to save power. I then hear the breathing again. I apologize and run upstairs. There was nothing else happening until yesterday and today. I had brought the ghost up at a party I was having in my house. The next night I saw a shadowy figure out of the corner of my eye. It disappeared when I looked over. I assume this is just the light playing tricks on me and go back to playing video games. I go to bed later and feel something rush over me. I look over and nothing's there. I could have sworn I saw something. The next morning, I'm putting a fan in my window when I hear breathing behind me. I assume it's mine and hold my breath. Nope. Still. There. I look behind me. It stops. My dog isn't in the room. My cats are downstairs. The lizards don't breathe loud enough to be heard. I turn around and continue. It continues again. 
It stops after a little while. When we were teenagers backpacking we found an old abandoned radio tower in the middle of the mountains surrounded by grazing land far from any homes or farmsteads. There was a overgrown two-track forestry road and a few cows off maybe a one-fourth mile in the distance, no fences or gates. It was getting dark so naturally being asshole kids we decided to break into it. Maybe camp there or something. Mostly just being troublemakers. Inside we were immediately creeped the F out. There were ripped up stuffed animals everywhere, porno mags scattered all over, trash, sex toy packaging, a hammer or axe handle duct taped to a post, used rubber gloves, pieces of rope strewn about. All kinds of nasty shit. We promptly got the F out of there after a few minutes of poking around and when we went back outside it was basically full dark and all those cows that were off in the distance were standing in and around the road staring at us. It was creepy as F. We hiked all night by moonlight and flashlight to get the hell away from that place. Eventually finding a nice spot on some high ground as the sun was coming up. We slept a few hours and decided to cut the trip short and to head back out to the truck. Still had to spend another night to get back out cause we were so far in and the terrain was so rugged. We were half expecting the truck to be vandalized or get kidnapped by some crazy deliverance rapist or something. It never stopped me from going back out, but it was a harsh realization that crazy messed up people are the biggest threat in the wilderness. I was based for a summer near Jasper National Park, and I liked to hike on trails which continued on beyond the park boundary where hunting was legal, in season. I knew that the hunting season was opening up soon, and that some of the species that could be hunted outside the park also spent time in the national park where they only met friendly humans. So, they had little fear of humans. On one early morning hike I happened upon a herd of bighorn sheep just outside the national park boundary, so I thought I would try to inject a little fear of humans into them before the hunting season started. I shouted at the herd, ran toward them, waved my arms, and generally made an ass out of myself. Predictably, the sheep ran away and just as I was congratulating myself about potentially saving these animals from a date with a bullet, I looked over to my right and stared directly at two hunters who had been sleeping under the stars, probably scouting in advance of the season opening up, but were now sitting bolt upright in their sleeping bags. I waved at them, and quickly slunk away. I was the person that probably made these hunters not want to go back out into the woods. I was running along a trail in the woods behind a park and decided to go farther than I had in the past. So I was running along and there was this old, beaten stuffed animal sitting alongside the path. Kind of weird, but I kept going. A little farther along the path, there was a weather doll sitting on a stump. They weren't super visible, but enough to catch your eye as you went past. I kept running and then turn a corner to see a couple dozen stuffed animals and dolls stabbed to and hanging from the trees. Safe to say I promptly turned around. In high school we moved into the middle of nowhere. Our house was surrounded by hills and woods. 
I loved going on walks with my dog. There was one incident that freaked me out really bad. It was just me and my dog, we're a good hour away from the house or anyone else. My dog usually led the way, always knew the best paths. Out of nowhere she turns to the right and goes completely tense. Her back fur ruffled and she started growling. A minute later I could hear them. A whole pack of coyotes. I couldn't see them but it sounded like they were very close. Next thing I know my girl takes off through the woods. I yelled at her to come back but the next thing I know she's gone and I hear this awful dog fight and then silence. I didn't know what to do and right when I started to panic my girl comes tail wagging, not a scratch on her. She loved on me and then led me home. Best dog I've ever had. She passed away this year. Don't think I'll be able to walk the woods without her. Grew up in rural western Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. Lots of strange things in the woods out there. From abandoned sulfur mines to hermit shacks. The strangest thing we ever came across was a little house in the middle of nowhere. No road, no driveway, but it wasn't a shack, it was a house. Like a suburban house. It always freaked us out and we left it alone. Never saw anyone there, and looked abandoned, but not yet run down. So. Fast forward a couple years. We are older and bored. One day we decide we're going in. There is no boogeyman here. But it still freaks me out to this day. We go in through the kitchen and it was normal. In the living room was a beautiful old player piano. Like a big one. Then we realize the room has nothing in it but the piano and boxes. Lots of boxes. In the boxes are the rolls for the player piano. The rolls are the paper inserts that the piano reads to play the song. So the living room is stacked with these things. Like floor to ceiling. So we go upstairs and it's the same thing. Piano rolls everywhere. Stacked on the bed, under it, in the closets, from floor to ceiling in places. I remember starting to get really freaked out. I still do. The vibe was all wrong. There was a point when we went back into the kitchen and my buddy opened some cabinets. All piano rolls. We sprinted away from that place like it was on fire. Always stayed away from that part of the woods. My roommate and I are house hunting. We went to one that just kept calling to us. Every time we opened our apps boom it was right there in our faces. We both felt like something was a little bit off about it. But finally we caved and said sure we'll go tour it. We get to the house walk around it, everything seems fine. Garage is boring, paints peeling, boards outside are rotting etc. So that was a turn off for us. We started to go back toward the front of the house, and I noticed the back door was wide open. I thought that was odd, as literally anyone could just walk in and squat. I got a funny feeling, like I was being watched as we walked past it going back to the front of the house. Well, we went inside anyway, just to see it since we were there and our realtor put in the effort to get us a showing. Everything was fine, it was a cute little place, but that's just it. It was little. There was basically no living room. But enough about that. I'll get into the actual experience now. We walk through the place, and we get to the basement stairs. There's no door to them. 
Just in the back behind the kitchen there's a small hallway that has the door to the backyard, and at the other end an open doorway and then the stairs down. Instantly I felt my hair stand up on the back of my neck, and I felt scared to even look down the stairs. My roommate looks at me and said I feel it too. Maybe I had a look on my face or something I don't know. We go down the stairs, and I said out loud f sake please don't touch me I'm just here to look. Our realtor looked a bit uncomfortable too. We get to the bottom of the stairs and the oppressive feeling backs off, leaving in its place the feeling of still being watched, but by something that feels scared. Almost like a scared child. We look in the bathroom, the two bedrooms, and once I got to the closet in the second room the I'm scared feeling got stronger. Not like, me being scared, but whatever was down there with us. I walked out of the room, and straight across the living room down there. There was a very small area, about the size of a small closet, with half of an original concrete wall. I instantly felt an overwhelming dread, and almost burst into tears. Then I felt the oppressive one come back, full force. While it wasn't audible, it felt like it was screaming at me to get the hell out of its space. I ran out of the basement so fast. Once back upstairs it was almost normal feeling. We went up to the loft in the attic, and it actually felt quite comfortable. Until we turned to go back down the stairs to the main floor. The lights were all off when we went up, so my roommate flipped the switch to turn them back off. They flickered, then all went off except the one above him. He flipped them back on, but nothing changed. Flipped the switch back down, no change. That one light stayed on. We went back to the main floor living room, the realtor asking what we thought. My roommate kept looking toward the basement. We finally went back outside, and decided we weren't taking this house. Roommate and I got in the car, and I asked him if he was okay. He said it followed us everywhere after the basement. Oh and apparently I said don't worry I'll find it when I walked out of the closet and to the concrete wall. Now, I've been having a nightmare nearly every night since we were at that house. I'm trapped in that corner. I'm screaming non-stop. It's dark and I'm in so much pain. I think something terrible happened there, but why am I dreaming as if it's me experiencing it?